You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kibalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. To everyone, um, as you know, we were learning Hilchos Pesach, and we were learning the, the halachot of the Leila Sedel. Uh, it's obviously much later now. It's we're already now, uh, <laughs> already now uh, approaching the fifth day of Pesach already. So uh, it is. Uh, I figured, uh, as Dirshu is not exactly uh, paying for this anymore, that I would jump ahead a little bit to uh, further into Hilchos Pesach, but relevant to what we've been studying. So first of all, here's a very nice Shas sugya, and which also has a relevance to to all of Shas, not just the night of Pesach. Let's take a look at Tov Pehei. Amar Shvuah, and you can see it here on the screen, Amar Shvuah, Shalom Ochal Matzastam. The person makes a Shvuah. Hello, hello, Henech. So you can see here, we're dealing here with the halachot of of a shvua. Now we're going to see the difference in this in this piece of Shulchan Aruch, a very essential difference in shvua and neder. A shvua is a um, a shvua is a statement of an action that you have to do. As the Gemara says, it's a chiyuv on the gavra of something the person has to do or not do. And a lot is dependent on how you make the shvua. So here, he makes the shvua shalom ochal matzah. A person makes a shvua, he's not going to eat matzah. On himself, stam. He doesn't say the matzah of the night of Pesach. He says he's not going to eat matzah. So, Osru Yes. Could you please tell me where you are? I'm sorry. Okay, we're on Simon Tof Pehei, Sif Aleph. Uh, it was page one of what I sent out today in the uh, attachment. So those of, those of you that didn't get the attachment, um, it's Simon Tof Pehei in Shulchan Aruch. That will be Chelek Hei of Mishnah All right? So that will be Tof Pehei Aleph. So once again, he makes the Shukla in a very holistic uh, way. He makes the shvua in in a very cloistic uh, way. He doesn't say specifically the night of Pesach. Also, he now is also a person has an incredible power, my friends, to create with his mouth isurim. Now we know, of course, this is true. You were makdish a korban Pesach. You put kedush into an animal that wasn't there before. You're makdish anything for bedek abayas. The power we have of speech is incredible. That we are able to be makdish and create isurim on ourselves. So there's an Easter on this person to eat matzah even on the night of Pesach. Now, Omar Pesach, if the shvuah that he makes is unique and specific to the night of Pesach, he says, I'm not, and he makes it, whenever he makes it, he's, he's zeroing in specifically on the night of Pesach. He's zeroing in specifically on the night of Pesach. That's shvuah can't be chal. Because you can't make a shvuah next connected the Torah. As you know, because we, of course, took this great Shvua at our Sinai, 
we, because we were all there, all our Nishamot were there, and that Shvua is bonding on us. The Shvua that was taken there was like our Shvua, and we've already taken a Shvua to eat matzah on the night of Pesach, so you can't countermand the Shvua with a specific one. And therefore, the halacha is that the Shvua is not chal, and you get makas, because, because, it's a Shvua shav, you're going to be chayiv makas, even though it's, there's no action, this is one of the places you're chayiv, even though it's a kimasfos of havimaisi. It's not, even though there's no actual action, you'd be chayiv makos, and the shvu is not chal, and you would eat matzah that night. Okay, that's this simon. Interesting thing here in the Mishnah, in the uh, Mishnah Bura. Let's take a look. Mishnah Bura says, Kaven de lawamar bishvuoso de mishtabe raka matzah's mitzvah. Since the Shvua is in general, not specifically about eating matz on the night of Pesach, he's making a Shvua that he will not eat this type of food. So from here you see that the Shvua is chal. Because the shvuas kelel is chal even b'shevel tase. Now, another thing that you see from here is that ochel lechora means right. This is a question. This is the post kamev. How about if you eat a, a small amount of matzah? Are you yotze a mitzvah or not? That's the question. In other words, let's say a person can't eat a whole kezayas of matzah or any mitzvah, that there's a mitzvah to eat, and he eats less. Do we say the same way we say chatzi shir is asur minat Torah, that chatzi mitzvah is this little bit of a kiyum? L'chorah, we see from our, from the Shulchan Aruch here, that a chatzi mitzvah is nothing. Why? Because if you take a look, the Shulchan Aruch says, that he's usher to eat matzah with the shvua. But the word ochel, we know, we interpret that to mean, not like Rabbi Akiva, like the chachamim and mesech the shvuas. We consider the word ochel to mean a kezayas. So the shvua is only if he eats a kezayas of matzah, whatever night of the year it is. But less than a kezayas, he wouldn't have been over his shvua. If you say that a partial mitzvah is a mitzvah, he should still be able to fulfill at least a less than a kezayis, and that won't be a violation of the shvuah. From there, the Rabbi Yaakov Reisher, the great Chok Yaakov, says, you see, there's no such thing as a chatzi mitzvah ever. Maybe for matzah for sure, and other places also. Because otherwise, why are you telling me he's usher to eat matzah? The Shulchan Aruch should say he should eat less than a kezayis. He hasn't violated his shvua, and he has some sort of kiyam of the mitzvah. So from there, from Rabbi Yaakov, that's, this is one of his proofs, and it's a big hakir all over Shas, is chatzi mitzvah mitzvah. So again, from this simon and Shulchan Aruch, the Achronim bring a raya that there is no idea of a chatzi mitzvah. Otherwise, let him be makayim the mitzvah, at least less than a kezayis. Anyway, based on the Shulchan Aruch, that's a different question, but based on Shulchan Aruch, he's also to eat matzah. Mikol makom, koswa poiskim, the mitzvah lahat shvuosoi. There's a mitzvah to get hatorah. 
In other words, even though there's an Easter stopping him from eating matzah, he's still part of Klau Yisrael. And there's a way to get out of a shvua. What's the way to get out of a shvua? You go to a chacham, and you get a chacham to be matir. A chacham can uproot the shvua. A chacham is able to uproot kedusha you put on hektish also. Hektish is also totally b'she'ela. So it's possible to be matir the shvua. So go to the Chacham, explain to him, and the Chacham will give you a Pesach, or Charota, Okay? Now, as I said before, in this Simon and Shulchan Aruch, you get Makos. <laughs> What's the Makos? Mishum Shua Shov. The Ein Shua. Let's go to the next page. Skip the page already. Sorry. That's what happens sometimes. Here we are. Went down too quickly. The Ein Shvua Chala Al Dvar Mitzvah. Mikol Makom Imamar Konam Achilas Matzas Mitzvah Lai Oser Achilas Matzah Neder is Chala on a Dvar Mitzvah. That's an amazing thing. A neder, which you're making something oser, the chefza oser, can even override a dvar mitzvah. Why? Because, remember, the mitzvah is on the gavra. The mitzvah is on the human, is on the person to do the act of eating matzah. The neder is not, doesn't actually go head on head against the mitzvah. The neder stops you from doing the mitzvah. The neder puts an iser on all matzah. Even if the way you uh, the way you articulate the neder is even if you articulate the neder the night of Pesach matzah mitzvah is aser on you because you're asering the chefza, so it would be aser, and you actually at the that point you actually it's aser for you to eat matzah neder chalat var mitzvah. Now. Um, Obviously, in this case, as the Mishabura points out, you should go be shoyal on your nether. As he says, not only should you be shoyal on your nether, <laughs> we actually force him. We beat him up. We say, you idiots. <laughs> we beat him up and say, go to the Chacham and get a heter for that nether. But before he does that, he's actually awesome. Now, Why? Because remember what I said before. I said before that your mushpa me harsinai. Well, there is no shvuas harsinai on eating moror. Bizman hazeh. Bizman, we don't have korban pesach. The moror is not a mitzvah. All history the rabbonin, or mitzvahs the rabbonin, they don't stem from sinai. Therefore, a shvua could actually be chal on it. The moror bizman hazeh the rabbonin. U shvua chayla mitzvah the rabbonin. Once again, though, we say, be a good Jew, go to the rabbi, go to the rabbi and get your heter. Go and get your heter. But again, one of the reasons why we're learning this is to show you the Shas idea of a neder, shvua, chatzishir. And as you can see, again, on an Easter, the rabbonon, the shvua is chal. Huadin, Let's say your shavuah was specifically about a mitzvah the Rabbanon, eating matzah on the second night. So, we know that it's really only at the Rabbanon. It's not a suffix daraisa, eating matzah on the second night. So therefore, 
Chayle, ba'oser. The shvu would be chal, and you would not be, you'd be oser to eat matzah. Again, we should be we should force him to to uh, rescind the shvu. This is again just a way to illustrate a shas idea of neder and shvu, and I thought it was interesting. Let's take a look now another shas idea: the shiurim, the shiurim of the Torah. So we all know. Uh, Kezayis, Kebeza. What are Kezayis and Kebeza? Now again, you've already eaten your matzah, you've already eaten your marah, but there will be other shirim Kezayisim that you're going to need to know about, right? You're going to need to know about, hopefully, maybe you eat Karbonos soon, there's a Beis Hamikdosh, but you're going to need to know what shirim are, Minatera. So let's take a look. Shir Kezayis, Yesh Omrim, Tahavi Kechatsi Beza. Kechatsi Beza, a half of a Beza. Okay? Now, you see, this is the Beis Yosef based on Teisvis and Chulun. It's interesting that the Beis Yosef does not bring the opinion, the Mishnah is going to bring it, the opinion of the Rambam. The Rambam says that a Kezayis is actually a third of a Beitza, not a half of a Beitza, a third of a Beitza, so that's less. Obviously, as we've learned before, um, a person, we don't, we're not, there's a machlek, it's what Kedai Achilas Paras is, how you're supposed to eat anything that's a Shir Kezayis. So the Ramah says, eat it as much as possible in one shot. Now on this, I want to show you, uh, this is like a very important area in general about Halacha and about Kezayisim, and we'll see. Okay. Let's take a look here in the Mishnah Bura. We've got a couple minutes, six minutes. We're going to go through this Mishnah Bura. Okay, Bainanis imkliposa. So it basically means a middle-sized egg with the shell. That's Harambam, because I didn't look there, but I'm sure they have something interesting to say. I didn't get a chance to look there. Now, the Indian Dina, what's the halacha? There is a machlekas, the Rambam and the, and, and, and the Beis Yosef, which is based on Taisvis and Rashi. What should be the halacha? So if it's a mitzvah daraisa, like the mitzvah, let's say we just had a mechivas matzah on the first night, you should at least eat a half of a beitzah, Unless you're a choyle, the kosher lechol kachatzi beitza, you cholis mechal rambam. You're anyway a choyle, so even though it's a mitzvah daraisa, it's a suffik and a machlekes the rambam and teisus so the rambam and rashi. So you can be soymech on the rambam, even though the Beis Yosef doesn't bring it, to eat less than a half of a beitza, a third of a beitza. Moreover, he says for sure yesh mismach b'diavid. You even more for sure, even though try to eat more, any achiwa the rabbanon, you could definitely be make like the rambam. It's not mentioned in Shulchan Aruch, but the Mishnah says you could definitely make on a darabon and eat a third of a beitzah. Look at chila, since you're making all a bracha, the mar alachilas maror, so it's a problem with the bracha. In other words, since you're saying le'echol, and according to some shittas, le'echol means at least a half of a beitzah, so therefore, since you're making a bracha, so Lagabi, the bracha that you're making with the words alachiva, we you should definitely you should try to eat taisus or or, or or the shita of taisus and the shita of, of of Rashi to eat half of the beitza since you're making the bracha alachilas more. Um, therefore. And of course, in the time that people were eating tamcha, the time that people were eating horseradish, this is a very relevant psak. 
because many people could not get down uh, a kezayis of horseradish. That's what they had. They were machmer because of teloyim and other things. So this psak of the Mishnah Bur was very important that especially if it's hard for you to get it down, a third of a beitza would be enough. Now, what about every time when you bench? Whenever you're benching. We know that minatara, the shir of birchas hamazon is visavata, that you have to have kidei sviya. Okay, kidei sviya. Now, that's minatara. Midrabonon, as we know, we're machmar nekezayis. What is the shear of kezayis? So we know that when you bench after you're eating a kezayis, it's a derabonon benching. So therefore, right? So, hmm, maybe you could be saymachan the rambam and eat only a third and bench. But since suffix brachos lahokel, since when you're saying a bracha, we're worried about taking the shem Hashem, and according to Rashi and Tesis, you haven't eaten enough. So even though it's only the Rabbanon, but since you're trying to make a brocha, you shouldn't bench until you eat at least a half of Beitz's worth of pas, bread or matzah, whatever it is. And therefore, L'Katchila made sure always eat a chatzi Beitzah or eat much less than a shlish Beitzah. And this way, you, you definitely know you're not chayiv and benching. So may either eat a lot or eat a little. Now, the Mishnaburah, that was a quote from the Prima Godin. The Mishnaburah adds his own chap here about benching. Look at this. You should eat double the amount. In general, in order, whenever you sit down to a meal, Again, people that are dieting and stuff like this might have a problem. But here's a very important Mishnah Brewer. Whenever you sit down to a meal, you should eat a, a, a Beitz's worth of pots. Why? What? Not on the benching. Because Al-Natilas Yadayim is based on what? It's based on the Takana we make on all Klau Yisrael, that we're geyser on, on Yadayim, that they're considered... Right, Shani Lutuma, that make the water a Rishon, that now have a problem, create a problem with the pas, right? Or when there's no, or the water takes away the Shani, and in terms of Truma, that would be Dabashitibu of Amashka. But Natilas Yadayim for pas, it's because it's a, it's a Zer on Srach Truma. We don't want to be Metame the Truma. What's the amount, according to the Rishonim, of, of what becomes Tame? What becomes Tame is a, is a Beitza. So therefore, the chi of netila is only for having a beitz's worth of bread, according to many paiskin, leiza paiskin. So therefore, because of the brocha al netila, not on the benching, al netila is machayev, the amount you have in front of you that you at least plan to eat is a beitz's worth. Now, that is his sheet to there. We have, uh, just want to do one last thing, and then we're going to go to the... Um, it's not so clear because the famous Fumra of the Tzlach, that the eggs of today's time have become smaller. Aha. Uh-huh. And that was a, a sheet. They didn't mention it in the Chuvas. He wrote it, the famous Noida the Great Gain of Prague, wrote it in one of his, in his Chidushim on Psochim. 
that he did measurements and he did a scientific experiment based on the Gemara and he saw that the eggs seemed to be smaller than the, according to the way Chazal are reckoning the comparison between eggs and fingers and hands. And therefore he says it must be the eggs are, are, are half the size they used to be. So therefore, according to that, Noidi Buddha says you have to always double the shear. That is the shita of the Noidi Buddha. However, the Shari Tshuva, this is, of course, the brother team of the Beis Ephraim and his brother, Chaim Mordechai and Ephraim Zalman, say that it depends if it's Minatera or Midrabona. So about a Mora, Afikoyman, David Kaisos, you don't need to be Machmer like the Tzlach, but if it's a sheet of you, but, but Matzah, when, and according to Rav Meshav Feinstein, Kiddush on, on, on Friday night, where it might be a Darais, according to Teisvis, you'd have to be machmer and drink more, or, or the, you have to be machmer on Midaraisis. So the Mishmur says it comes out <laughs> that matzah, you have to eat a beitzah's worth, because <laughs> you have to double this year. And Murray you can even eat a third of a beitzah, which is an incredible chidush, but that's what comes out. Okay, so that is the Shulchan Aruch for today. By the way, I just want to mention this sheet of the Neide Bihudo, the Mishaburah, you know, quotes someone else that accepts it. Um, the Chayasam Sefer said about this sheet, he says, it's, it's, in other words, most people think what the Chayasam Sefer said that was about innovations that the, that they made in Frankfurt and other places, in Hamburg, I'm sorry, in other places, the Machadish Chidushim in the Davening. But Chayasam Sefer said it about Chumris like this as well. How can you use, uh, however we're going to deal with Uriah, to be Machadish such a Chumra, to be Machmir, to double all the Shiurim? You need a tremendous amount of proofs till you can change Hanogos of Klal Yisrael. Okay, so that, my friends, is the Bavli, the, the Shulchan Aruch. We'll now go to the Yerushalmi for tonight. And here we go. Yerushalmi, April 12th. Okay, so let's check it out, my friends. All right, here's your Shalmi appears on the screen. And we're on the first page of tonight's your Shalmi. I think you're going to like it. It's all about the schus of doing mitzvot. We're on the bottom of page one of today's your Shalmi. And it's the second wide line. Here we go. Um, here's a person who's got a he's got an abacus he knows that he has more mitzvahs and less averos on his scale alright how does God treat that person if on those averos, it's pretty much kalos they're not anything terrible so Basically, he gets punished in this world. He has to suffer. And this way, the person will get a beautiful oil and haba. Avo, rube averos. Avo, rube averos. Umiyutes chuyos. Let's say most of what he has is averos, and chuyos are less. We don't know yet how bad they are. 
let's assume they're all on the same level. So since basically the guy is sort of a Rosha, because he's only his scale is less mitzvahs, give him his schar in this world, he's going to enjoy the schar of his mitzvahs in this world. And this way we're going to get him in Olam That's what the, the first statement is. Let's say that's if most of the mitzvahs and Averos, they don't, neither of them are that bad or that great. But let's say a person is Peirek oil, the oil of Teira, the, the, the uh, yoke of Teira. He rips it off of himself. Or Hamefer Bris. We're going to see what that is in a minute, of course. A person who, who actually tries to re- undo the Bris Miva. A person is megalaponim. We'll see what that means. Reveals aspects or reveals his own face. We'll see what it means. If he has these three Averos, even if you take a look at the ledger, he seems to have more mitzvahs than Averos, but if in his Averos are one of these three, then everything changes. Now only does he get punished in this world because those three are so terrible it makes it like more Averus. <laughs> right? In a way he gets it the worst. <laughs> it's almost like he gets he gets he gets he gets paid in this world. Vakaren Kayem gets paid negatively in this world, and he also gets punished in the next world, despite the fact that technically his accountant or his lawyer would say he had more mitzvahs than Averis. These three Averis turn him into a different type of person. Now let's say let's say the Averis we're talking about, the Averot we're talking about are Avodazara Giliarayas. Oh, those are pretty bad, right? Would you probably think they're just as bad, but some say maybe not. Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Yosi argue about it. Some say Avodas Zaragilarayas don't reach the level of Pirek Ol and Mefer Bris. Remember that Yitzharah for Avodas was very strong. Gilarayas, we know the Yitzharah for Arayas is very strong. So it's almost like a Kaddish Baruch Hu doesn't, according to one sheet, it doesn't treat them, according to the Yerushalmi here, doesn't treat them as so terrible. doesn't mention Ritzicha here. One says they're just as bad. Okay, let's go on. Ma'anon Kaiman. What are we talking about in this statement? When you say that you're going to take those Averos, those Magalaponim, or uh, Moshe Harlosoy, you're going to turn those Averis and you're going to say the guy's going to get it in this world and in the next world. What happened with this guy? If he's done Shuva on being Megal upon him or Moshe Harlosoy or all these other things, so if, if that's true, if he's done Shuva, everything is taken away. And he shouldn't even get punished maybe in this world. Definitely not in the next world. We're talking about someone who didn't do tshuva. Okay. He didn't do tshuva. So why should you think he shouldn't get punished? You know why? Umais be Yisurian. But he had Yisurian. Aha. Nebuch. People, we know what this is. Bisman Azeh especially. Dying with Yisurian. Okay. 
So we're probably talking about the Mepharshim say, the one who has more mitzvahs than Averos. He didn't do a true tshuva, but he sure suffered in his death. That would be the question if whether, if Aveda Zer and Gilarayas was part of it, would he also lose his Eilam Haba as well? Okay, let's try to figure this out. But that's what we're talking about. Tomataninam, the Mishnah in Sanhedrin says, Elu That sounds like being punished in Eilam Haba, or maybe even having zero. The Rambam says that's even worse than getting punished. Karen Kayemis, it's not like Gehenna, it's even worse. You get zero. So I'm not sure exactly how we make a difference between eternal suffering in the next world or no next world. But let's assume they're both bad. Let's assume they're pretty much equal. So what does the Mishnah say? No Olam Haba. Ha'omer ain't Tchiyas HaMesim. The person who says there's no such thing as Tchiyas HaMesim. The ain't Tchiyas HaMesim. Tyrus, good book. It's, it's, it's a great book. It's brilliant. It's fun to read. <laughs> but it's not Meneshamayim. It's, it's got four different authors. And it's, a, it's, 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 again, the conservatives have an idea. They call it divinely inspired. Okay? So, again, that's still basically ain't Tyrus Meneshamayim. Or an Apikairus. And Apikairis, Mamish says, yeah, Tamil Chacham are ridiculous. It's not Shayach, any of the things the Torah is talking about. It's not possible for God to be involved in the world. And Apikairis, uh, there are people, what is his name? I don't know. There's many people that, that fit that. Bizman <laughs> Azir. Um, um, I'm forgetting his name. But anyway, he was a, somebody that always argued with people, an Englishman, a Christopher. Um, I got his name. Anyway. All right. Rabbi Kiva Amar, look at this. Even somebody who reads Svarim Chitzayinim. Aha. Like these Svarim. Now, now obviously, uh, he's reading them and he thinks they're just as Choshev as our Svarim. They were written in the time of Tanakh, perhaps, it would have been later. But, uh, yeah, but he, he, he considers these Svarim that's also uh, again, the Tzvaris Yisrael says that especially if you're involved in, in debates and other things, you need to know about these farm chitzonim to argue with uh, the Apikarsim. <laughs> especially, he says in the bathroom, it's a very good idea to read these types of svarim to uh, get a certain knowledge. That's somebody who whispers when, when he has an illness, he uses one of the, a pusik that has God's name in it. It's like a, a kamea and worse. Like he's, right? He, and he spits on it and he uses God's name. And what does he say? He says, Again, it's a very superstitious thing to do. And therefore, it's, it's, it's really a bizillion of Torah. That's not what Torah is. Torah isn't the magic. You're not supposed to take the psukim and use them as magic healing powers. Again, people do put kameas and other things around their necks, and, and they put things in the cribs. But you have to be very careful not to actually use the Pusik and the Torah and the Shemus of Hashem as if it's a medicine and a magic. If you actually say Yudke Vovke and you read it like the witnesses, that would also be 
Usr. Because you have to have covered Hashem. What's added to those that lose their Olam Haba? Three that we said before. Of course, there's Torah. I, be, I believe in Moshe. I believe the people existed. I even believe Torah Shabbat is true. No, I just can't stand it. I can't take it. <laughs> it's there. I cannot live with it. I'm a Pyrrhic O. This is just too much. There is Torah, but I, I am not able to live it, and that's the reason why I don't even try. They did this in the time of the Greeks. They did it in Epoch in the time of the Holocaust as well, in order to, that was what the, the Nazis would strip you to see if you were circumcised. So what do you do? You try to pull the layers of skin up and try to cover up the Atorot to try to say, hey, look, I'm uncircumcised. What's that? Hmm. Which means, in other words, you explain things in the Torah as if different authors wrote it and different people and it came later. You mean Torah is not all from God. But that might fit in the words, but isn't that already part of the original mission in Sanhedrin? So it sounds like that's not Megalopon and Torah. So, Tony Rav Hananya, Santovinia, Kume Rav Mona. Okay, you're right. What does it mean, Megalopon and Betera? It's not that you learn Pshad in the Torah like an Apikiris, or you say the Torah in a way that's only literature. It means you're Megala your own Ponim. In other words, even though there's Torah here and it's obvious, you act like a, a, an arrogant Chutzpanyak. It's like you reveal your face and you look around in glee about the way that you're over in Avera, even though it's a place where you should you should be machnia yourself. Like who? There was Yoyakam and his friends and all his advisors. They got the uh, the Megillah from Yirmiyah that Baruch brought them. And what did he do? He ripped it in pieces and threw it in the fire in front of everyone. That's an example of a chutzpanyak, a megaleponim betera. That's what we're talking about. It's like, yeah, who cares? That action is called a giliponim, arrogance like that. Okay. Now, let's take a look. Okay. We talked before about Less. What about, he definitely has more mitzvahs and he doesn't have any of these terrible Averis in there. Ticket to Gan Eden. Ticket to Gan Eden. Hopefully many of the Niftar and Nebuch that, we, that, we, that we're worried about, that we worried about. Hopefully the Mamish had a straight ticket to Gan Eden. Rube Averis Nebuch, Yerush Gehenna. Now, what about 50-50? Amar Rabbi Yossi, let's go to the Pasuk and Parshish Kisisa. What does it say? It doesn't say no siavonos khan. Doesn't say God carries or is mochel averot. Ela no say Like what is that? No say oven. One avera. What does that mean? A God like takes one avera on his back. 
means. What it means is that when he looks at the scale and he sees, oh, look at all these Averis, hmm, 50-50, HaKadosh Baruch Hu Choytev Shtar Echod Men Averos Vashuyos Vachrios. He takes one away from the Averos and the Shuyos side goes down and he's considered a Tzadik. When I saw this Yerushalmi today, I was thinking about a question that one of my principals asked me. He said, I want to ask you a question. And again, uh, he said, what would you do if you had a child who worked very hard uh, and, 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 he, and he only, and based on his test scores, he got an 89, but you really saw him working hard and he really tried. And a 90 was an A and 89 is still a B. And he worked hard and he improved himself over the semester. Would you give him an A or a B? So I said I would give him the A. And the principal was not happy with me. Because, again, one of my reasons I said this was because I said a lot of times the testing grade is always up in the air, especially the tests I used to give with essays, how many points to give. You never know you could have been one point. There was always room for error in the testing. But there's also this midah, that when your mamish won away and with one more thing you'd have the schus to be a tzaddik, you have rachmanis, even then did, and you give him the extra one. That's what that's the midah of the rabbi Shalom. I, yeah, I don't think the guy wanted to, I think that was one of the reasons he wasn't happy in, in keeping me in the, in the school. But anyway. Om Rebbe Lozer, L'lecho Hashem Chesed, Ki ato tisham le'ish kimaiseyu. Kimaiseyu. Meaning, basically the way you did it. V'lesle, and if it turns out he's missing, at yoiv le'mindidoch. You'll give him one of yours. Meaning, if he's missing something, what do we do? If he's missing something, he'll give from God himself. He'll say, look, me and you are basically partners. I'll give you something from my Maisim Tevim to add to you. Okay? Who said that? Rebbe Lazar. Rebbe Lazar said it another place. Rebbe Lazar, Omar. V'rav chesed. What does that mean, rav chesed? Rov. Mateklapi chesed. Meaning, the arrow is not you, it's not 50-50. It always gives you a little bit of fudging to go towards chesed. Rav Yirmiya Omar Rav Shmuel Bar Rav Yitzchok. Boy. Look at this. The Pasuk says, Tzedaka Totser Tom. Derech. If you do Tzidkis, that's going to make sure to guard the Tom on the road. Rishoa, when the Rosho, Tzalev Chatos, Chatoyim. I'm sorry, Tashalit Khatas. When you do Rishus, that means it, it ruins the road. And, it, and, and, and when a person is generally doing evil stuff, the path he goes on gets worse. Chatoyim Tirdofra. When it comes to a chet, they seem to have uh, this energy to go after and uh, aggressively to go after raw, and they just seem to be pushing towards it. Sadiqim, Yishalim Tov. But Sadiqim. They're going to the positive. If a person wants to be a let's, God lets him be a let's. He says, okay, you want to be a let's? I'm going to move you to all these, uh, all these people to joke around with, and you're going to have more options to it. If you're an onov, HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives you grace and lets you stay with the good people. You want to be a chosid, Hashem watches you to make sure you stay on the good path. 
Mishoyim, though, Bechoshech Yedma. So, Kovod Chachamim Yincholu. Kovod, Chachamim are no chel Kovod. Ksilim, fools, or in Averos, Meirim, Kolei. That's what they lift up, Kolei. From all these things, what do you see? That God opens up the path for a person who's doing good. God opens the door and gives you more options. And when you're doing bad, God sort of pushes you and actually allows you and actually opens up the doors of negative. That's the Gemara's question. Visigen sige? Why should God protect a person who's doing mitzvahs and, 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 and protect him and give him the siogim and give him the fences? Why? Vitarin, tarin, 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 why should we open up the gates for a person who started to do bad? Why does God seem to shift a little bit? The first three times, God's not giving you any help. But if you can be the first time, the second time, the third time, then what happens? HaKadosh Baruch says, this guy is on my team. I'm going to make things happen that he can continue on this path. If he does it three times in Gover, if he does it three times, God changes things. If three times he's shown he's, he loves mitzvahs, three times he's shown he stays away from Averus, Things change for you already. And all of a sudden, is on you, and you seem to be on a good path. And obviously the opposite with Averos. If you, if you choose to do the Averos three times, HaKadosh Baruch allows the gates to, to be ripped open, to be nifrats, and you end up going off the derech, or close to off the derech. So in the beginning, it's yours. Amar Abzeirah. It's got to be that you didn't have charota on it. <laughs> In other words, it has to be you want to still do good things. If you, if you, if you have charota, then all bets are off. Matam, what's the proof? How do you know that if you have charota, you could start doing Averis again? Because what does it say? It says, it doesn't say it never becomes disconnected. In other words, it could go back. Even though it's three times you've bound the mitzvah. But you know what? It says, It won't quickly become unraveled. But in But if you work on it, <laughs> it will break. And if you decide, even though you lived for a long time, as we said before, as a good person, and if then now you start regretting that, you could break the habit that you were in, the way everything was going positive, and you can actually go down very quickly. You think God doesn't forget anything? <laughs> That's not true. Right? God sort of becomes a forgetful being. He's not omniscient completely when it comes to judging us. Matam, you take a look in the Pasuk and the Torah, in, in Micha, not in the Torah, in Micha, it says, no say over. But it's spelled, no Now, no could also be no 
which means to forget. <laughs> he forgets one Avera and allows you to be a complete tzaddik. We're going to change it to you forgot one of the Averas. And since you forget one, like one of them is a mulligan, one doesn't count. So therefore, you've now covered all their Averas. Because sometimes the forgetting of one can lead to a status and being branded totally as a tzaddik. All right, we have finished the first Halacha, the first Mishnah and Gemara of Masech Tzpeya. We're now on the second Mishnah of Masech Tzpeya. On the bottom here of page three. Ain poischen lepeya mishishim. Midarabonon, even though it's ain lemshir, but there shouldn't be less than a sixtieth of peya on your field. Avishomer ain lepeya shir. That was what we said in the first Mishnah. Still, that Midarabonon, it's different. Next part of the Mishnah says, Hakol lefi goydel asodeh. Even though we say one sixtieth, sometimes a great giant field with a lot of grain on it, you might have to give more than a sixtieth. Or if this year, Nebuch, like this year, there's so many people out of work, there's more Aniyim, then you might have to give more than a sixtieth. And Ulefi, next page, Ha'anava. What's Anava? The anava is the quality of what's growing. That's the anava, is the quality. Sometimes, some say this is Miloshan Oneh, how the field answered you, right? Um, that's anava. Okay. In other words, if you got a very good crop and you've got more growing than you thought, you got to give more than a 60th. Tony, However, you don't tell the Oni, I'm going to give you so much, Mr. Ani. You're going to have to bring donkeys to, <laughs> to, to schlep everything. Why? So the Farshim explained because, look, uh, obviously, he, the whole idea is to give him support. You're not supposed to try to enrich the guys. You know what? You give him a 60, give him a, uh, you're going to give him so much, he needs to bring donkeys to get it? That's already irregular. Masnisa, that Bryce is Mieser Mikashir. That's only if it's more than a 60th. If more than a 60th means you're going to have to, he's going to have to bring donkeys to schlep all the grain that you're going to give to him, Avabikashir, if you happen to be a, a very large field and a 60th of what you've produced needs donkeys, then you give a sixtieth, even though he's gonna, even though he's gonna become rich, and he's gonna have to get donkeys to schlep it. Take donkeys and bring. So Maruba, let's say he's got a large field, but this year there aren't that many aniyim around. Vaniyim muatim, he doesn't have many aniyim. Still noisim lefisadeu. He still has to give based on the field, 60th, even though the Aniyam are going to get more. What would be Sodeyu Mu'atim? Let's say his Sode is small, but there's a lot of Aniyam. And if you don't give a 60th, they're not going to be satisfied this year. So what do you have to do? No Saint Lefi Aniyam. You have to give more than a 60th, because there's more Aniyam. That's the Tanakamba. Rabshimin Dora Shnei Dvarn Lakula Shabel Abayas. Rabshimin Ben Yachai disagreed. 
He said, no. Sadeyu merubin vanim watim. Let's say you have a big field and not many aniyim. So you can give less. No sinufi aniyim. You can give less this year. Because the whole idea is to give the aniyim. And you don't have to give the amount of a 60s this year would be giving much more than aniyim are usually going to get. You can give less. So deyu muwatim aniyim merubim. You don't have to give more. A 60th is enough. No sinufi sadeyu. So the Gemara says, even though Rav Shimon says that, the Stam Bryce's Masnisa Loyamra came. If you look at our Mishnah, Mishnah says, So basically, basically what we're saying, it's not a cool of the Balabayas, because it says, everything is dependent on the Gaidal Asada, even one of these things. The Balabayas is going to have to give more if the field is bigger if there's more aniyam, or if the quality of the grain is better. Okay, I have a couple more minutes here. You are allowed, according to Tanakama, to give, to call peya, even though it's deep in the, in, the, in the midst of the field, way in the beginning of the field, not by the edge where the Rishos Harabim might be close to, where the aniyam are traveling. It could be in the beginning or in the middle. And that's called peya. It's called the Fermeiser. Tells Aniyim where to go. You're Makayim, your Mitzvah. Rav Shimon Oimer, that might be peya. You've got to make sure that at the end of the field, you've given peya as well. And that has to line up to 160th. Then everything else, maybe we're going to consider all peya. But make sure you do something towards the end. You need one stalk by the edge. If you have one stalk, then that that could be your payah with everything else that you took in the middle and in the far end of the field. And if you don't do that, it does it doesn't have a shame payah. It's not yours either, but you you can't go and You'd have to be zochen it. Doesn't he doesn't have a kiyum of the mitzvah of peah? Ain't no no saying. It's not called giving peah. What is it if you don't put a kelach at the end? Elamishum hefker. That's hefker. Then it's only called hefker in that case. Just do one little thing here. Page five. Rabbi Yisim b'shem Rabbi Shimon ben Lokish ubikutzrechem. What does that mean? Ubikutzrechem. Kitsir Artsachem, right? That's what it says when you take Peya. Uvikutsrachem. Why does it have to say the end of the Pasak Liktsor? Elafil Yeshli Kama Liktsor. That show oh, so this is a riot to the Tanakama. Even though you're at the beginning of your field and you've got so much more to do till you get to the end. It has a shame payah, even though liktsar, even though it sounds like you're just in the beginning of the job. It has a shame payah. That's the raya of the Tanakaba. Rabbiona Bishem Rabshimman Lokish, Ubakutzrachem, Matam Bidlaimer Liktsar. Why does it say Liktsar? It says Liktsar to tell you that either way it's payah. Echod bitchila, whether it's something that you would take off in the very beginning of your harvesting, deep near the farmhouse, not near the road. The Echad B'Saif, 
And it's called Peya, even if you choose, of course, the one that's right by the road. Rabbi Yosef Mishum Mishu ben Levi, Ubekutz Rechev. Same question. Ma Talmud Lomer Liktsor? Why does it say Bekutz Rechev and Liktsor in the same Pasik? So I wanted to do this. Echad Ligvoya, the Echad Lehedjit. One has to do with normal Peya. The other is, let's say, it's, you're going to find the, the barley for the Oymer. And you're going to a farmer, Farmer Jones, who has very good barley that they want to use for the Oymer, carbon, and they're getting it on the second night of Pesach in order to use it to, to bring the carbon Oymer. Okay? So they're zeroing in on the, on the barley. Aha. Okay? So what happens? So even though the Hectish wants Farmer Jones's stuff, far and 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 Hectish takes Farmer Jones's stuff. They actually take what was what was harvested and they take it up to the base on Mikdash and they grind it into the carbon Oimer for the second day of Pesach. Oh, Pirin Spiros Oimer is based on that. Farmer Jones still has to take Peya from that. That's included as his total field. So, Rabbi Yudin, boy, what's the Chiddush? Hektish will only come and pay for it once it's been harvested. But when it was growing, even though that was what they, they wanted Farmer Jones's barley, but before they cut it, it was clearly not Hektish. It can only become Hektish after they harvest Jones's barley. And obviously it's not Hektish yet, so you have to take payah. It doesn't become hectic when it's growing, when it's still in the ground. So obviously it's chayiv and peyah. No, you might have said what? I might think that k'tzir hectic is like k'tzir hedyot. So therefore I might think, so therefore I might think since we know it's going to Hektish, I might think that he's not Chayev, Kamash Mulan, that in that case, when they're Kaitzer for the sake of the Oymer, he has to bring it. All right. So we'll stop over here. Well, well, what is it? He, does he bring it once it's going to Hektish or while it's growing? In other words, Hektish now pays him for it, but when he considers his field, it's got to be one-sixtieth of everything. He has to give pay from what Hektish bought as well. Okay. So that's what we're saying. Right. And he actually has to give pay even though Hektish comes and takes it. All right, so that's the Yerushalmi. We're now going to Go to the Bavli for tonight. And let's see. Let's go to the Bavli. And let's see where that is. I put into my computer April 12th. All right. Um, Bavli, Tom. Now, I want to tell you that we're starting one of the hardest parochim in Shabbos. Uh, 
Parakira. And it's not going to be easy. All right? Here we go. Kira, she sikua pikash ubigavava. Nice no let top show. Begesu veitim, lo yite not she yigroif. Oh, watch a yite nasa ether. All right. What did we just learn? What we learned about was Akira. This is a type of stove that you can actually put two pots on the top. It's a wide stove. And because it's wide and it's not shaped like a pyramid, it actually doesn't have the type of heat that a tanur or other types of ovens have. It's a, It would be what a wealthy person would have but the amount of heat that stays in it is not that great. It's decent, but it's not the top in terms of heat retention. Now, therefore, you want to, most people would want to put into the Kira a very good fuel that actually gets hotter and make sure your stuff gets cooked properly. That fuel would be Gefes or Aitzim. Gephis, which comes from the psoilus of sesame and other things like that. And psoilus, Rashi says, the psoilus shall shumshemim, shahotzi shumnan. Let's say you make sesame oil. What's left over is good burning fuel material and, and wood. That material actually burns well and strong. The problem with that is, is that if your oven, has this good wood in it. Your kira has this good wood or burning material. We're, we're afraid, as we've learned in the first parak, that the owner, the balabayit, the wife, the husband, anybody in the house, might come to stoke the coals to get the item to be cooked quicker. So even though he's not technically cooking because he puts it on air of Shabbos, Still, there's an Easter Drabonon to use Gefes or Eitzim because we think you're going to forget yourself. Now, if what you used is Kash or Gvova, what you used is straw or, or, or the, the, the Shibelis, the stuff that's around the kernel, that stuff burns, but it doesn't burn fiery enough that you should want to go in there and, 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 and putter around with it because it's not really going to help anyway. It's such a weak form of fuel, you're not able to attach yourself to it. So there's no Xader Drabonon of using it. So therefore, if it's, if it's being fueled by this junky fuel, we leave you alone. But if it's good fuel, lo yitain, you should not put the food on there. Until you do something else. What you should do, you should actually clean out the coals. Right? As Rashi says, because this type of fuel actually burns stronger. Take the coals out. It still will be hot. Or another eitzah, what you do is, Rashi says, you put, you put 
ashes, So by putting these ashes on there, you do two things. First of all, you cool it down, and therefore it's not like this super great fuel, but it also is a reminder to you. The fact that we forced you, the fact that you did this pu'ula means it's entrenched in your brain, don't touch the stuff. Therefore, you're going to remember on Shabbos, and you're not going to putter around with it on Shabbos. So it's either clear it out, or even in, even more mekel, you put afer on it. Next part of the Mishnah. Meshamay says that we're talking here about hot water, but not cooked foods. Meaning Shammai doesn't allow you to put even any cooked food, Arab Shabbos, seemingly, on your stove. Basil Imrim, no. Chamin Vitavsho. Chamin Utavsho. Even cooked food. Now you can understand why water is different. Because water, it's not that essential. It's going to get there anyway. It's not like a kugel or a truant or a filet mignon, whatever. It needs to be done, a, a roast, a brisket. It's water. So Shammai is only mekel with water. Hila was mekel even when it comes to a tapshel. You can take the food off on Shabbos, and you can't put it back to get, even though it's totally cooked. You're not allowed to take food that's been cooked when it's now off the oven and return it. This is another din, the Rabbanan, called chazora. You can't be chozer food to the oven to warm it up. Says Rashi, why? Because it looks like cooking. That's called chazora. Basil is matir chazora. Now we'll see which case he's matir. We do this all the time, right? This is done by every balabasta, every Shabbos morning. Every balabayas, warm stuff up. Let's take a look. Iboilu, they asked in the base madrash, hi loyitein, this is the mission says loyitein, what does it mean? Does it mean loyachzirhu? Maybe loyitein means, again, read the words, kirisha sika bekash. Or let's talk about, you know what, forget about Kashu Gvova. Let's talk about Gephas or Eitzim. You have Gephas, Eitzim, Lo Yitain. What does it mean, Lo Yitain? Did that Lo Yitain mean Lo Yachs or who? Maybe Lo Yitain meant that once it's cooked, you can't bring it back on the oven on Shabbos. Unless the oven has been cleared before Shabbos. Then it's not really derech of cooking. But to put something on Arab Shabbos, where you're not doing it on Shabbos, Meshachin, you're allowed to put food on an oven on Arab Shabbos, even though it's got hot, tremendous wood cooking in there. You didn't put any ashes on it. How could that be? That could be like Hananya. We know what does Hananya say? As long as the food is at least a third or a half cooked, that a robber would eat it, that's called cooked enough according to the Torah. So there's no isur, even the Rabbanon of Shem Yechata 
mutter l'shal salagabi kira. You're allowed to put it on Arab Shabbos, even though it's going to get cooked better. As long as it was essentially cooked before Shabbos, there's no gzeirah de rabbanon according to Beisila who we passed like. That's the sheet of Hananya. Now, it's based on the Mishnah that we had earlier, and Dafyutes, that said that it's, that it's also to put bread in the oven unless you know the oven's going to get cool. It's going to become partially baked before Shabbos starts, which means it's sitting there in the oven, baking and getting more baked, and we don't think you're going to putter around and try to get it baked better once it becomes shkia or tzesa kachavim. Once it's baked primarily, that, that, that the panim shalmata is crusty, whatever it is, once it's considered ben soy cooked by a, by a bread, you're allowed to do it. That's the stam mishtan daf on the base. That's Hanania's opinion. Dilma, maybe not. Maybe our Mishnah disagrees with the mishtan daf Maybe our Mishnah means lishoy Our Mishnah is saying even if it's a third cooked, a half cooked, if it could get better cooked, it's also to put it on an oven unless the oven is, is, is bereft. The oven does not have its coals. in. If the oven is clean or you've done the pu'ul of weakening the coals, then we're not choshesh. Then we say even though it gets cooked more, we're not choshesh that you're going to putter around. But But if you don't, if you're not, not. For sure, for sure, there would be an issue of doing that on Shabbos on an oven that still has its coals uh, in, in, in super uh, state. That would be also to put something back on, even though it was already cooked. What does our Mishnah mean? So the simple shot in the Mishnah is like the second way. It's Lushahois. But since, as I told you, Hananya seems to be the Das of the Mishnah and Dafyutes, we're giving Hananya some credit here. So we say, look, our Mishnah clearly is not Hananya, right? Toshma. Midiktani Trey Bovi. Our Mishnah has two cases, Bamas Nisan. The two cases of Shammai. Right? What does it say? Beshamai Oimrim, Chamin Avaleitavshil. It can only be hot water, but not Kugel. Or any type of cooked food. Beshamai Oimrim, Chamin Vitavshil. That was case one. Bishame says you can take it off the oven, you can't return it to the oven. So those two cases follow the first case in the Mishnah. Let me show you again. Here's the first case. Again, here we go. Gephis for lo yite. Unless you clean it, unless you or you put afer, then you have the two cases of Shammai and Hillel. Okay. So if anybody reads the Mishnah normally, they say like this. If you say, like the Shita, not like Hananya, like the simple way of reading the Mishnah, that we're talking about the Lishois, that we're talking about putting it on Erev Yantif. Lost the place, I got it. Hochitani. So what does the Mishnah mean? Kirashi sikubakashu gvava. Of course, if you use junky fuel, Mishanaleha. Tafshu. You could put a kugel on it because it's junky fuel. We're not worried about puttering around with the coals. There are no coals. Begefus of Aitzim, that's good fuel that has hot, it's like hot coals in there. Lo Yishaheh. Do not put your food on there. 
until you clean out the oven. You put afer on the coals. Now, that's the first part of the Mishnah. What was the first part of the Mishnah talking about? On Erev Shabbos, what were we talking about putting on the oven and making it get better or having it ready for Shabbos? Ready to use on Shabbos? Shabbos, we're talking about hot water. We never allow a food even if it's gara fakatum, even if it's a cleaned out oven. No, that if you clean out the oven, super fuel is good, even though it burned very nicely before. If you clean it out or put afer on it, you can put the tavshul on there, even though it gets more cooked. That's now we go to the third stage of the Mishnah. Now, the third stage of the Mishnah says that the same way Shami will talk about Shehia, so there's a Machlekes in Chazara. Shami says Chazara is always Osir. So that's now it makes sense. But if you say when the Mishnah said Yitay, it was talking about what happens on Shabbos day. It wasn't talking about Erev Shabbos if the stuff is cooked a third like Ben Bursoy because we hold that Hananya. So, Hachiktani, what must the Mishnah mean then? That if you use junky fuel, if it was junky fuel in there, you're allowed on Shabbos day to put food back on it because it doesn't look like a cooking. It doesn't look like normal cooking, even with the Rabbonon. But if it's got Gephes Ve'etzim in there, lo yachzir, do not on Shabbos afternoon or morning try to warm it up. Unless Arab Shabbos, you cleaned it. Okay, that would be line one. And then what would be line two about hot water versus food? That would be the Machleke, Shammai, and Ilel. Umagein Machzirin. What could we be talking about when we talk about the Isser or the Heter of doing Chazor on Shabbos morning or afternoon? Shammai says that it can only, the only Heter that, that we're going to allow you to use is hot water. But you cannot warm up, you cannot return to the oven any sort of solid foods at all. According to Shammai, you're allowed to put back on the oven morning, Shabbos morning or afternoon. Okay, that could also make sense. But the third part of the Mishnah doesn't now. Why do you need that third part? It's already implied by one and two. What do you, we need to say that third statement for? If you're like Hananya, the third statement is totally extra. So this is a kash on Hananya, which means, come on, obviously our Mishnah is not like Hananya. The Gemara answers. Really, maybe we're talking about Really, what we're talking about is in the Mishnah, we weren't talking about Shehiya. Really, Hanani is right. If something is cooked a half or a third, we're not worried about puttering around because it's cooked enough. You're not going to be Meshuggah. It's good enough now already before Shabbos. You know you're going to have the ability to be calm and let it cook. But 
There's words, lines missing in the Mishnah. Let's go back and read the Mishnah again in front of Hanania. If you use junky fuel, then you're allowed to put the cooked food according to Gilo back on it no matter what, because even though it's still hot in there, but it's junky fuel. That looks more like cooking. Unless you cleaned it out before she didn't But you're allowed. Erev Shabbos, there is no Isra of Shehiyah as long as it's cooked like Bender Soy. Even though you didn't clean the oven, it's going to get cooked really nicely, but there is no Isra Shehiyah. What are we talking about in Shehiyah? Now that's now. Now comes the extra line of Chisuri Mechsra. Chisuri Mechsra always means that according to this Tana, Hananya, we're going to say our Mishlei came down to us was missing this phrase. Even though I'm telling you, even though I'm telling you the whole Mishnah's topic was what you can do on Shabbos morning or afternoon. Not everybody agrees with it. I want you to know that Beishamai says, of course, you can take stuff off the oven. <laughs> Even though it maybe shouldn't have been on there, but you can take it off. And you're not allowed to do Chazora. That's the Dochek answer that we're going to suggest. Rashi and the other posts, Rashi writes, and many other posts can follow Rashi and says, you see from the Gemara's turning itself into a pretzel to explain Hananya that we really hold of Hananya. So even though it's a big dochik in our Mishnah, we would like Hanan- we seem to think the Mishnah in the first parak is very uh, author- very uh, a big authority for us, and because of that, we seem to hold like Hananya, which would mean on Arab Shabbos, as long as it's a third cooked or half cooked, you're allowed to put it on there even though it gets more cooked as Shabbos begins. All right, but but at this point we're still not sure what our Mishnah means. That we have a Messiah from the great Amorav. It was only stated in the Mishnah. means when the Mishnah gave its phrase that was only Al Gaba. It was about on top of the oven. But if it was inside the oven, also, hmm, what does that mean? That phrase, which gives a caveat, which gives a description, which gives a limitation of our Mishnah. On the oven, yes. In the oven, no. Hmm. If you say we're talking about Shabbos morning or afternoon, heating it up, I can see the difference. That the heter, whether it's, uh, whether it's cheap fuel or whether uh, it, it's been cleaned out, you could say uh, the heter would be only on top, but not inside. That really looks like cooking, sticking it inside the oven. If we're talking about shahia, if we're talking about the idea of doing shahia, which means it's either got junky fuel in it or you've cleaned out the good fuel. So if that's true, why should there only be a heter on top of the oven? Mali tocha, mali algaba. Since it's cleaned out, why on Arab Shabbos can't you stick it inside? Why can it only be on top of the blech? Why can't it be in the oven itself? 
the oven is cleaned out, right? It's either got junky fuel in it or it's got, uh, it's got good fuel that's been cleared out. What's wrong with Arab Shabbos sticking it inside the oven? It must be from here. It's like Hananya that we're talking about Chazora. This is one second. Mi Savas Rachelbo Areshakoi. Is Rachelbo going on the first line of the Mishnah? That's there, it's where if, that would be, if you don't like Hananya, it's going on Shehia, Aseifakoi. Maybe it's going on the case of Chazora. Meaning, Basil Oyrimaf Machzirin. Basil says you're allowed to put stuff back on the oven that's cooked. And Rav Chelbo said, you're only allowed to put stuff back on the top of the oven. But inside the oven is also because that looks like cooking. So there's no raya from here that Rav holds like Rav Hananya. Okay? Let's bring another raya. Toshma. Beis kiroi samatimois. What you have here is like a duplex. <laughs> You've got these two kiroi's Instead of separate, they're both next to each other like twins. And there's like a piece of a cheres between the two. Okay. So, achas, one of them was done by the, the neat, good Jewish, medactic boy. What did he do? He cleared out. He did the groove. He did the ketuma. But the one next to it was done by the lazy boy. The one next to it is not that way. It's got the coals in it. It's got the good fuel in it, and it's and it's and it's and it's, and it's fired up. So what are you allowed to do? You're allowed to do shahia. You're allowed to do shahia on the one, even though it's got its twin next to it, and it's clearly being affected by the heat, which is right by it. But you're allowed to put the food on the other side of the, on the, the side of the oven. Again, it's a duplex type of oven, and you're putting it on that side because underneath there it's been cleared out. You're allowed to do that. And of course, ain't mishano shehina gruvenikatuma. Can't put it on the other side. So machain mishahin. What would you be putting on that cleaned out oven? Shammai says, I don't think you should put anything on. I'm against Shehia. Don't put anything on before Shabbos. You can't trust people. The stuff isn't cooked completely yet. You can put hot water. Let's say you take it off. On Friday night, you say it's going to get burnt. I'll put it in the fridge. Everybody, Shami and he'll both say, do not put it back. So that's Rav Meir's version of the Machleka Shami and Hill of our Mishnah. Obviously, that's not our version. Rabbi Shami says, look, hot water is good, kugel bad. Hot water and kugel both are the same. That's just like our Mishnah. So if you say our Mishnah was talking about Shehiyah, so who's our Mishnah? Our Mishnah is obviously Rabbi Yehuda, not Rav Meir, but Rabbi Yehuda. 
But if you're going to do the pretzel shot, you're going to want to force our Mishnah to read like Hananya. And now we have this Brisa. Then our Mishnah is not like either of those two Shittas. Masni Sanmani, lo Rabbi Yudu, lo Rabbi Meir. Ike Rabbi Meir, koshil Rabbi Shammai B'chada. If it's like Rabbi Meir, then it's, it's, it's definitely one thing, not like Beishamai at all. Because Beishamai doesn't allow anything, not even Chaman. Well, it's against Hillel in two ways. And if you think, if you think you're think going to go like Rav then according to Rav in the Brisa, you're going to need to clear it out. You're going to need to clean it out to put any food on there. And according to Hananya, it doesn't have to be Gruva Viktuma. So, do you want our Mishnah to be such a, an isolated Mishnah? It's, again, this Brisa seems to reflect where the, 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 the gamut of rabbinical thought, Yehuda and Meir. Now you're going to tell me the Bryce is like, it's like nobody? Well, you know what? Yeah, it's like nobody. It's not like nobody completely, but it's a new Mishnah. The Mishnah is only talking about Yitain on Shabbos morning, on Shabbos afternoon to reheat. It's not talking about putting it on Friday afternoon if it's already a half cooked. We don't know his name. He holds Rabbi in one way. He holds Rabbi in one way about Chamin and Tavshu. That Chamin and Tavshu was the Machlekes Shammai and Hillel. And also, and there was a Machlekes whether you could ever do Chazara. But he disagrees with Artan in one way. He disagrees with Rav Yudah in one way. The whole is what? That you can put stuff on Erev Shabbos. Even though the fire is in there and it's smoking with energy, you didn't do anything, you could still put the stuff on there in Erev Shabbos. The only way you're allowed to put stuff on the oven is if you've cleaned it out. So, we could, this is not a knockout. We could, Hanani could still make sense. And like Rashi says, we pass him like Hanani. You see how much the Gemara works to try to figure it out. All right, first wide line down here. What about if you would you want to put the food not on the oven, but next to it. You want to put your stuff next to the oven, next to the heat of the oven. It's not on it, but it's it, it's like on the ground next to it. Maybe toch of a gaba oser. Where chazara might be oser, according to some shitos, or shehiyah might be oser if it's not cleaned out. That would only be if it's not cleaned out in terms of putting it on the oven, of course, in the oven. But maybe on the side of the oven, you could put the food there and warm it. You're doing this Arab Shabbos. Or on Shabbos itself. Or maybe it doesn't make a difference. Whatever is true about Grufa Victuma in terms of being on top would be the same thing on the side. Toshma. What about the Bryce we just said? What did we say there? That on the duplex one, on the double one, you could put it on the one that's cleaned out. Hmm. Even though there's definitely heat coming from the other one, that should be the same thing as putting it on the ground next to it. So you see it's mutter, it should be mutter too. 
Mar says no. Dilma shiny awesome. Over there, you're right. It's next to a burning oven. It's next to a fiery oven whose coals have not been have not been tinkered with, whose coals have not been neutered. But the Kivan, the Midlay, but it's it's high up. Since it's high up, even though next to it is the churning flames below in the other oven, but yours is on top, midway. It's high up. Shalit Avira, the air in the house affects it. And therefore, it's not such a problem of cooking or heating up. Masha'enkain, putting it down on the ground, might be worse. Toshma, the Omer of Safram Ravchia, quoting Ravchia. Kitmo, let's say you put the ashes on the coals, but it doesn't do the job. The ashes were on there before Shabbos, and then you look inside and you see, look, the flame came back. You put the ashes to neutralize the coals on Arab Shabbos. And what happened? Vinis Labsa. It now became what? It became hot again. You have a lahava there. So what happens? Oh, oh, oh no. So what can you do? So you can put food next to it. And you can keep the food on it because you didn't know it was going to happen. You you did your job. You did your due duty of, of putting the ashes on there. Now it flares up. You can keep the food on there. The night you take the food off. You put the food back on on Shabbos morning or Shabbos afternoon. So you see from that statement from Rabchia, who's the Bala Brisis, that you can put it down below next to it, so mech, that it's leaning on it, getting the heat from the metal. So what do you see? That when it comes to being there, but that's only caught my in. It's only because you did your diligence. It's only because you tried to do it before. You did do the action of putting ashes on there. Low caught low. But if you don't do anything, putting on the side is usur. Putting on the side would be usur, the same way you can't put on top of the oven. Mar says, one second. You think you have a raya? With taimeich, even according to you. What does it say in that brisa from Rabchia? It says, noitlin mimena. You're allowed to take from it. Diktani, is that only, you can only take it off if you've done the ash stuff on it? Kotmin loy kotmalo? That doesn't make any sense. If a person had stuff that was on the oven before Shabbos and he didn't do his due diligence and put the ashes on, you think it's usher to take it off the oven? So Ella, it says Tonanotlin, the main Kiddush, why does it say the word you can take it off? There's no Kiddush in taking it off. To tell you that you're even allowed to put it back. But the Notlin doesn't mean that we don't need to teach you that. Ochinami, why does it say that you were allowed to keep it on the floor next to it? Because it goes along with the other part of the brisa about letting it stay. But not that somcha needs to be understood literally only in this case. Maybe you can do smicha no matter what. Even if you haven't, you haven't fixed the oven properly by putting ashes in there or cleaning it. You can always put, do smicha maybe. Just one second. You want to bring a raya from the fact that it says no twin is lavdafka, somchin is also lavdafka. It's a piece of the same statement. It all happens in the same place. You want to tell me about re- returning it, so you tell me take it off and returning. It's in the same spot. So therefore, 
Tananotlin, we have an extra phrase in the Mishnah about Natila. Mishum what Machzirin. Elahacha over here, Somchen Bachad Mokamu, Somchen happens on the floor. Makaiman putting it on top of it is Bachad Mokamu in a different place. So therefore, the Brysa seems to be a proof that you're not allowed to be Somech unless you've done some action to clean the oven. So we don't know what to do. Mayavela, what's the psak? Toshma, Kira Shesiku Begefes of Eitzim. the Bryson says, that you've put real good fuel in there. So even though you didn't clear it out, you're allowed to put stuff next to it. You're allowed to put stuff on the floor next to it, even though the heat is going to connect to it. We don't think that's normal cooking, and we're not choshish that you're going to try to putter around with the coals. Ain't a kaiman, though. Don't put it on the oven. LMK, unless you clear it out before a group of Victuma. And Brysa goes on, let's say you can tell the coals are starting to get real weak. You didn't put afer on there, but you put something else on. You didn't put ashes, which usually really makes it cold, but you put a film of shavings, of flax shavings, flax shavings, you put on there, that's just as good. So you see from this brysa that you are allowed to put stuff next to your hot stove, which is what people are, which many people do. They put stuff next to the hot plate, they put stuff next to the urn, and you're allowed to do that. That's not a problem of, of shahiyah or chazorah. Um, do one more thing. This is Rabbi Oishia talking. Originally, then it goes to Yisab Bar-Nachmeni. Let's say you put ashes on, but then you look, oh no, it didn't work. It's now on fire now. You can keep it on there. You did your job. Mishan Aleha. Chamin Shalukshu Kotzarachan. You're allowed to keep on it water that's been heated enough. Nitavshu Shabishu Kol Tzorcho. And you're allowed to keep on it a kugel that is cooked enough. So what do you see from there? You see that what? Shmamino. That even though it's mitztamek v'yoflo mutter. You see you're allowed to keep the stuff on there. Hey, you know that's going to cook better. You know it's, you saw those big coals. You saw the heat there. You know it's going to even get better the longer it stays. So even though it's mostly cooked, you're allowed to put stuff on the oven, on Erev Shabbos, even though by staying there, you're going to have a much tastier food. You're allowed to do that. <laughs> you're not allowed to do that if it has, or if, 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 it, if you didn't do anything to try to fix it. If it was a real powerful heated oven, you can't do that. Even though it's basically cooked, but it's going to get even more gishmak. It's going to even get more tasty. That would be usher to put it on. Mitztamek means it starts to get smaller. It starts to cook and, and, and shrink, but it gets even juicier and tastier. That would be usher. Why over here is it allowed to keep the stuff on? 
shiny hocha, the kotma. Over here, you did try, and therefore we allow it to stay there, even though it's going to get juicier and tastier. Aha, uh-huh. what's the chiddush? And what are you trying to be machadish to me? Why did you Oshia need to say it? Because you might have thought, what happened to those coals? You you put some afer on it, but now it's fiery up again. Maditema kivin the huvera. Since after you put the ashes on, the what you did on it didn't work, and now it's on fire again. It goes back to the way it was. Kamash Malon. Kamash Malon, that what? Kamash Malon, since you did your job, we're going to allow it to stay there. But if you don't do anything, stomach Viofala might be also. So it really depends the type of food we're talking about. There's still a lot of rules that we got to go into. So we got to the Umid Bays of today, but we actually did more than a blot. We're going to stop over here. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.